Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your Endearing Centering host. As always, I'm joined by a guy who's spending his next week just running prep drafts. What do you call those things? Uh, Draft cast things for the Ravens. Mock drafts. The button lover, Josh Roker. Yeah, and it's all QB centric. Ooh, it's all, it's all finding a new QB. Ooh, but, uh, Josh is bringing QBs in for uh, for interviews and everything. You didn't even you didn't even say your own name in your introduction. You said I'm the uh, host. Oh, I'm Matt. Matt I'm, I'm Matt Sroka. I'm Matt Sroka. So that's who I am. Uh-huh. I'm an you know, Orioles fan. I I mean the way the Orioles are playing, I'm not even worried about this stupid football draft. Yeah, it snuck up on me. I just saw a, a, a text saying it, or I just saw a tweet saying it was a week away. It snuck up yeah. on me. Yep, I know it's the twenty seventh because I've got some stuff to do with film study. But come on, this is a baseball town. We're eleven and seven. Yeah, I yeah. Second I mean, place. we'll get in. Well, and, and we'll get into it. We're beating up on these terrible teams that we should uh-huh. beat up on. Be- but the good news is, we we, the- we keep on playing these bad teams for the rest of the month. So um, enjoy it. Enjoy it until you hit mid May. Enjoy yeah, all this winning. A tougher. Yeah. Nah, let's hope. Let's hope that by mid-May we're like in good form and can then take on some better teams as well and keep this up. Well, I hope so. I'm not gonna. I'm not. We're not gonna talk about it. We'll just focus on what they've done recently yeah, because let's focus on stuff nothing but like good news. Two shutouts in a row. Yeah, and then and and Grayson what gave up runs in the first and then the team. I mean, we got a Seems- streak here of what was something like 26, 27 innings, like 26 innings maybe, uh, yeah. without giving up a run. That's pretty, yeah. pretty good. Right, right. We'll just look past that it was the, the Nationals. And look past that we only scored one run the first game and four runs the second game against the Nationals. Yeah, that, that Nationals, their pitching staff, actually, I was pretty impressed. I thought McKenzie Gore looked really good, uh, you know, just on Wednesday. And then, uh, what was it, Josiah Gray? I thought he was pretty good, too. Like, I was impressed with the Nats uh, pitching. The hitting is another story. Right, hitting's a joke. Yep, just like that stadium. It's a joke. Just like that entire franchise, Josh. Hey, but uh, you know what? If you're a Nats fan, at least you can celebrate Snyder selling the team. Yep. So you got at least got something there in Washington. Yep, that's they got something we wish we had—an owner selling the team. But hey, uh. You see, did you see the news today about the? I know we're, we're going to get to Orioles, but did you see the news today? Speaking of teams, about the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, yeah. Is that official or is I, I didn't they, really read carefully? They, they've signed a letter of in, intent for a piece of property in Las Vegas, and I guess Las Vegas is geared up to spend over a billion dollars on a new stadium. So I okay. think that means they're pretty much moving to Las Vegas. So. Yeah, I mean they're they're a bit of a a joke franchise right now, but 
as they pointed out, as Ben McDonald kept pointing out, they were good a couple years ago. It's not like they have been terrible, you know, like the Orioles have past you. Like they were good a couple years ago and consistently in the playoff hunt a couple years well, ago. And what, what I don't get about Oakland is Oakland was the whole money ball. Right. Like all this money ball started with Oakland and uh, Billy Bean, right? Yeah. Billy Bean is still with, there. Yeah. Why are they so far behind on everyone else, than everyone else? Like, if they started this whole thing of focusing on analytics, why did that not go anywhere? Well, I think what happened was, here's just my take. Everyone says, I don't know if this is true or not, I don't know anything, but everyone says that every trade they made, because they traded away all their big names, and this is something I feel like, okay. you know, it's part of the blueprint. Like, because you can't pay all these guys, so how to get a, a good team without paying any money when they, you know, get up in their years you trade them for younger talent. Right. But everyone says that all their trades were terrible and all the players they got back were were ripoffs. So it, they traded Cole Irvin to us for Harnais and they're yeah. looking pretty good on that one yeah, so that far. looking pretty good for them. Yeah, but, but for the most part, people are saying they lost out on like all those trades. And I wonder if sometimes, you know, if you are the innovator, now every team has caught up to you and probably passed you. Right. Do you try to be like super cute and you're trying to find the next thing? Oh, that's an interesting that, idea. So, yeah, I think he's like, he's trying to figure something out. So everyone else thinks he's an idiot, but he again thinks he's this like, genius that no one's t- that people so kinda, ten years. Right, kind of like the iPhone wasn't the first smartphone, but everyone caught up and then surpassed like whatever the first smartphone was. Right. So he couldn't innovate when everyone else kind of cheated by catching up and copying him. But then they were able to innovate from beyond there, where he was stuck there. Yeah, I don't know this for a fact, but my impression is they're not at all on the cutting edge of player development and technology and all that stuff. Like I think they're behind. They probably are. I mean, where just teams like Orioles are. I think looking at the Coliseum tells you how much money they invest in like off the field stuff. Yeah. So hopefully, sense. hopefully that'll be a good thing for baseball. I mean, I don't really, I don't care. I'm not a Oakland A's fan. My son's on the Oakland A's T-ball team. They have cool uniforms. I hope they keep the uniforms. Uh, but does I don't I mean, really care. I, I assume they'll still be the Las Vegas Athletics. Yeah. I mean, the Athletics has nothing to do with Oakland, and it's got nothing to do with Las Vegas, so why not just keep it? Yeah, I don't know the origins of the athletic name. Maybe they'll become the Golden Athletics. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and, and sometimes don't care. Like, uh you know, the Brooklyn Dodgers were named the Dodgers because they were in Brooklyn and you had to dodge the trolleys. Yet when they went to L.A., they just kept the, the Dodgers name, even though it didn't really apply anymore. So Right, right. Well, baseball history there. Yeah. That's been baseball history with Matt Soroka. Does that make you want to get out to Oakland before they move to uh, go to a game at the Coliseum? No. Oh, see, I no desire. I want to. Kind of makes me want to because it's been on my list as I want to check out all the stadiums. Now I feel like kind of like I've been in the old Yankee and the new Yankee. I've been in Memorial and I've been in Camden. I want to go to the Coliseum because it's got such a history before I go visit Las Vegas. Okay. No, no. Like that's as far as stadiums to visit. It's probably dead last on my list. It was. It was pretty far down the list for me. Now it's probably going to bump up to like next year. All right. How long will they be in Oakland for? Will next year be the last year? Um, a is, is there a, a timeline on thing? Like a one billion dollar plus stadium, I imagine it's going to take a few years. Yeah, 
So unless they have like a temporary place to play, I imagine it's three years out. Well, if you thought Oakland attendance was bad before, when they tell everybody they're moving, <laughs> who's going to those I games? <laughs> I don't know because Oakland's close enough to Las Vegas that I'm sure those flights are like 50 bucks. So like it sucks. You got to travel a little bit further. But would it would you lose your fanship? And I think I, you would. If the Orioles moved to, I don't know, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, Tennessee, Nashville. Well, Nashville's I think further. Yeah, but let's say yeah. If the Orioles moved to Nashville, are you no longer an Orioles fan? Uh, yes. Are you? Are you done with the Orioles if they move to Nashville? Yeah, I think I am. What if they are still called the Nashville Orioles? I think I'm still done. Yeah, I think I'm done. So then who do you cheer for? Atlanta? You suddenly can accept being a, a Georgia? Josh, if that scenario happened, I think I, I really think I would renounce my fandom in baseball and I would stop rooting for any team. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling my mic up because there's comments on there saying that my mic's volume's low. So okay. hopefully that's better. Um, I but think I, right. I, saw, I think this would have to be just a conversation of you and I call and be like, so how's your week been? Yeah, I saw I saw some uh, post on Twitter, like um, a vote to where you could vote. A's fans were like, vote for who should we now root for? The Orioles were on the list as an option. I think this is going to be a good opportunity to poach some fans because we have one of the coolest, youngest, up-and-coming teams. Yeah. Oakland A fans jump on onto the Orioles bandwagon. Now is a perfect time to jump on. No, I think you're right. I think this is that's a great article that should, people should write is uh why the Orioles are this is a great time to hop on the bandwagon. And I think we're going to see it all season. I think we're going to see the Nats are horrible. So we're going to see a lot of Nats fans jump on the bandwagon and try to proclaim how they've been lifelong Orioles fans. We're going to see a lot of that stuff. Oh, Cal Ripken Jr. was my favorite player. Sure, I rooted for the Nats because they won a World Series. But now I'm back to the Orioles. So let's just forget that little that little time I cheated on you with the Nationals. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what the, it was just, what, four years ago now that the Nats won the World Series. And it very much feels like the Madison Cup, I feel, is always kind of this good kind of litmus test for these two, two franchises. And right now, I think it's appropriate that, you know, we swept them um, and we shut them out both games because we are now the ascending team and they are the descending team. And, yeah, they took a lot of our fans because their team was better. Uh, and so hopefully now we can get those those fans back. Yeah, the Nationals won the World Series in 2019. That's not that long ago. That's three years ago. No. Yeah. Um, I want the Orioles to win the World Four. Series. But – I would Let's like say, I would like that too. I I do not believe this organization is set up that in 2027 we're trash. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because a lot of this is ownership, right? Will ownership, totally ownership, yes. Invest in either acquiring talent to supplement what we have or locking up the great talent that's on this team. Yeah. You know what? You're kind of right. It's like, if once you win it, do you care again? Like once you get that ring, is it, we've talked about this with the Ravens. I remember we would say the Ravens when 
the Ravens won that Super Bowl, we're like, everything's good for five years. Whatever they do, we're good for five years. Yeah. But, I but don't. The, but the Ravens have been consistently good. I feel like the right, entire the Ravens franchise. have been consistently good for the most part. I don't think the Orioles have earned that luxury that you win the World Series and I won't. I'm good with whatever whatever you do for five years. Because we joked about the Ravens are good for five years, but they were still making it into the playoffs and stuff. If they dropped to the worst team in the league, that would not be acceptable. Right. I mean, and and I don't want this to be a situation where you bring everybody up. You know, you, then you have your Adley, your Gunners, your Kerstat, your Grayson. They all hit their arbitration years similar times. You make a run at it, and then at that point, you blow it up, trade them all away, right. get the prospects. Right. Like, I, I don't want that. I don't and want that. And that's the fear. And that's the fear right. with current ownership, especially, who won't lock up these young guys early. Like, we're seeing the Braves lock their guys up young, early. We're yeah. not seeing that here in Baltimore, which leads you to believe how long is this window? Like, we all want Adley here forever. Is there going to be a time where we're going to have to see Adley in in pinstripes? I don't, I don't know. know why you would even suggest I'm just that, saying. you fool. I'm just know. saying. Oh, my gosh. I came on here to talk about the Orioles dominating, winning every series. Right. They don't lose series. Their pitching's turn around. Their right. offense looks good. And, and you're talking about Adley in pinstripes. I I don't really even. I don't even know where I am right now. You don't think man. we're gonna get pinstriped Oriole uniforms one day? We've got those City Connects coming up soon. Or will, will our names be on the back or no? <laughs> uh, it depends. Are you a fan or a fan? Yeah. All right. So let, so let's get to some. Josh, we. I feel like now we have. My biggest question is: I keep on finding myself at this point in the season, April twentieth. You know, we're we're about a month in yeah. almost. 18 games in. Yeah. I keep on asking myself, like, are these things real? Like, for example, people want to say that Gunnar Henderson has struggled a bit offensively. But a lot of people say that's not real. He'll snap out of it. On the other side of it, like, Jorge Mateo has been on fire. And a lot of people say, well, right. he'll snap out of it. Jorge that's would... not real. There, Jorge... There's a lot of things, a lot of numbers so far in the season that – Strike me, frankly, and we can get into some of the, the specifics as surprising to shocking. And I'm asking myself, are these numbers real or is this just 18 games and things will normalize? Yeah. I'll tell you my favorite thing of the 18 games is I have felt like we are in every single game. Those hmm. seven losses, I still felt like we were in those and had a chance to win all the way up to the end. So oh, that's, that's interesting. Hmm. That's it's a you have not felt that way, I take it. Because for me, that is a new feeling. That's not a feeling from last year. Where last year it was, I hope we can gut these out. Where this season, I don't have confidence in our bullpen. But our bats and our starting pitching have been, I've been feeling good enough that I've been confident that we're in these games. We're not getting blown out in anything. I feel... At any point, we can put up three, four runs in an inning. So I've been feeling good about that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, Um, I kind of had the opposite impression where I was like, why are we staying so close to these teams? Why are we only beating the Nationals one to nothing? Why are we going into... No, I get that. Was was the A's went extra innings with, and and we won Uh, that one game eight to seven. Um, And it was kind of a back and forth, and you kind of stressed it. Like, why am I stressing out? Why are we stressing out games versus these poor teams? Why is every game close? 
Yeah, well, I think it was the White Sox that we went into extra innings with. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you're right, no, the White Sox. I get that. And part of me is that way, too, where it's like, these are bad teams. I want to make this impression. I want to I wanna really, like, hammer these bad teams. But I also understand that no team – the Rays won, what, 12 straight games, 13 straight games? Yeah, 13. Which is an amazing feat, no matter how bad the other team you're playing is. Any bad team can can put things together to get a win every now and then. So I, I understand that. Um, I don't know. And maybe it's me selfishly just liking these guys and liking these bats and liking this lineup. Mateo, you mentioned Mateo, and is it real? Mateo reminds me so much of Cedric Mullins from uh, two years ago, where the entire season we're like, if he's still doing it in June, we'll start to believe him. Then June came and we're like, all right, if he does it in July, we'll still believe it. We'll start to believe it. Where it's like he took such a jump that I was it's hard to believe. Mateo has one of the best top five batting averages in baseball right now. Yeah. It, it seems crazy. Yeah, some just some quick numbers. You know, if you go on to baseball savant, some quick numbers of Mario Mateo, where no, normally I don't pay a ton of attention to this, but these numbers are like eye popping. So we all know he's like 99th percentile in sprint speed. He still is. He's also, check out some of these numbers. He's average exit velocity, 83%. He's not a power hitter, but his average exit velocity is at the 83 percentile. His hard hit is 73%. His max exit velocity is 92%. Um, his, his batting average, as you mentioned, is 86% high batting average. And one of the things that strikes to me, and I, listen, I don't know if if it's for real or not, but even if it's kind of only partially for real, I think one of the things that you can look at is um, his his whiff his whiff rate, right? The amount of times he's swinging at balls outside of the strike zone, and his chase percentage rate. So if you look at his chase rate, last year he's he chased thirty six percent of the of the time he chased pitches out of the strike zone. 36% of the time. This year, it's down to just 25%. I mean, that means he worked on that this offseason. So he's swinging at a ton less balls that are outside the strike zone, and he's swinging at more balls that are inside the strike zone, which is leading to kind of harder contact, less strikeouts. He's only struck out nine times this year. Um, and if to put that in perspective, he struck out nine times Santander and Gunnar Henderson have struck out 23 times. Mm-hmm. Um, Adley Rutschman, right, who has the best bat nine on the team, has struck out 13 times. Jorge Mateo struck out nine times. Kind of wild. So, yeah, Jorge Mateo has been not just one of the best players on the Orioles. He's been one of the best players in baseball for the first 18 games of the season. And, you know, combine that with what he does on the base paths. Yeah, I mean, he, his OBP is 418. He could, He's getting on the base... <laughs> over 40% of the time and with that speed yeah i mean it's it's oh. it's a game changer he's he's been, he's had a lot to do with why the orioles have won the top offensive in baseball yeah and don't forget about the other side of the glove he was snubbed for a gold glove last year playing just as well defensively this year yeah well that's if we want to transition here that's for me i was trying to think about 18 games in is it real what are some of the biggest surprises, biggest disappointments? And and for me, the biggest kind of, I don't know call it, it's, I'm surprised by it and disappointed by it. Josh, our defense stinks. Yeah, we have well, first baseman who can't catch the ball. 
We have infielders who can't throw the ball accurately. And outfielders that outfielders who has it's just it feels like every outfield fly ball is an adventure. Yeah, mental errors, people not realizing other players are tagging up. I feel like the defense has been an absolute disaster, and we've overcome it yes. with some good pitching. But that's and, the type of good hitting. But the defense has been. For me, for in my eyes, a disaster. No, I think you're right. I think the defensive struggles is the stuff that starts to show up when you play good teams. We've been able to get away with defensive struggles against bad teams. But that's definitely something that's got to clean up. And I think it's also so surprising for us because defense has always been a bright spot for the Orioles. Like when everything else was bad, at least we knew we could play defense and get the appropriate, get a double play when we need to get out of an in and stuff like that. Yeah, if you look at the kind of defensive run saved numbers, we're we're one of the worst teams in baseball in terms of defensive run saved, and and it's you're you're right, surprising because last year we were one of the best teams with defense, and we pretty much bring every all the position players are pretty much back this year. Uh, a small change in Adam Frazier, but Adam Frazier I think is an upgrade over Odor defensively, um, and so on paper this is a good defensive team, but they haven't performed like that so. Is it real? I hope the bad defense is just kind of one of these things and it's not real. Uh, but yeah, the defense needs to get it together before we start playing, before we get into May and some of these tougher teams. Yeah. Uh, are you concerned? Should we be concerned at all about Jorge Mateo being day to day with like hip discomfort? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I saw someone say it was like a case of dehydration or something too on Twitter. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to From know. Like we, 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 what? A dehydration from your hip? I thought I I thought hip dehydrate or I thought dehydration was like cramps and stuff. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Jorge Mateo has that like cousin on Twitter or something who, who tweets. I think some. About, no, I don't know. I don't know Jorge Mateo's cousin. Yeah, he's got a, a cousin on Twitter uh, who, who tweets sometimes oh, about it. I gotta stuff. find Jorge's cousin. Yeah, I don't know if it's a real cousin or just like a cousin, but um, but no, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, anytime. Yeah. With quick Jorge Mateo, yeah. Owen, who's nine. Jorge Mateo, you know, he's been on ESPN and MLB Network lately because he's having such a good season. Yeah. And uh, every time Owen sees him on TV, he goes, it's George. Why does everyone say Jorge? He can cannot translate why it's pronounced Jorge mm. when it's spelled George. Mm. At home, do you, do you call him George, Josh? Is that where he's I getting this not, from? I do okay. not. I constantly correct him that it's Jorge. Okay. Yeah, but it's, I mean, injuries, you, you, you never know. Um I don't know what's going on with injuries with this team. It's, it's. I mean, even we can get into some of the bullpen injuries with um, Tate and Givens coming back, but I, it's it's impossible to know. But it seems like this year, and, and maybe because of the style of play, Jorge Mateo plays really hard. He still bases. He's diving everywhere. Yeah. Um. He's already sat out a couple games. Had to come out early. He's hurt his hurt his finger once, and somehow stayed in the game. It seems like he's already, we're just 18 games in, but he's kind of getting nicked and bruised here quite a bit. Um, yeah. Thankfully, we have some depth in the infield. But, but yeah, I mean, you might even be one of those things where you consider DHing him a little bit just because his bat's been so hot and you want to kind of protect him a little bit because he does seem to get a bunch of nicks and bruises for whatever reason. Yeah, and we do have a little depth even in down in Norfolk that we could bring up if we need to to get a little space there. To, at least the infield we've got some space yeah i'm not ready to have the conversation now but pretty soon i'm just going to be quiet about it but in about a month two months we're going to start have to having we're going to start to have conversations about the miners and what's happening there and as far as 
making room in the major league roster. Yeah, we're we're okay now. I, we we don't need to get into it, but this conversation be- is looming out there mm-hmm. of of these prospects banging banging Let's on the door. Let's just say it's pretty good that Austin Hayes is having a good start to his season. Yeah, yeah, he needs it. Yeah, like there's going to be too many good players not in positions, but but we'll, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Good problem to have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, other big takeaways uh, for me is, well, I mean, I think something came out as a big surprise to me was, in general, the performance of the starting pitching, which I thought is... Yeah. Now, part it's of me is not okay. a huge shock because I thought it was going to be an up-and-down season with starting pitching. I whined and moaned that we didn't bring another veteran starting pitcher with a proven track record because right. this was my very concern was was inconsistency. Inconsistency with Dean Kramer, inconsistency with Cobb Bradish. Inconsistency with Grace Rodriguez. Oh, and hello, we've seen some inconsistencies with our starting pitching. So it's not really a surprise, but we need to get together. I I, I said last year, one of the biggest kind of Achilles heel of this team was lack of quality starts. Right? right. Our starters can't get deep in the games. They they can't not give up runs, right? The yep. six innings, three runs. This year we have four quality starts so far, two of them by by Kyle Gibson. Um this and, is not gonna. That, that that's and four your, out of eighteen games. Right. That's not gonna get it done. But you also want to look at other things, and like you almost want to give it to Tyler Wells for when he came in in the in the second inning and, and pitched six innings or whatever. Came in, yeah. in the first inning. You almost want to count that as a quality start for Tyler Wells coming in. Yeah. Well, this has been my concern. Like, we have talented pitchers: Cal Bradish, Tyler Wells, Grayson Rodriguez. These are super talented guys who could be really successful. Yes. They just don't have proven track records, and so they're going to be more inconsistent than an established, you know, top rotation arm. They're going, they're going to be more consistent. They'll be great starts, and then they'll be terrible starts. And that's kind of what we signed up for here. Correct. And it's what we've seen. No. Josh, were you, how surprised were you that kind of when the numbers got complicated, Cole Irvin was the first to get sent down? Um, I was surprised. I was surprised that they didn't try to stretch to a six-man rotation. That they that they instantly went to the uh, to the five-man and, and dumped him. I read um, earlier about how I saw some of his spring training staff uh, comments where he said, "Hey, I've got an option available, so I assume I need to constantly pitch for my life up here." Yeah, I don't so know if he really meant was, it, but I don't think he, <laughs> he, he did. Apparently, right? I don't know how much he. Uh, he meant it with that. I liked Cole Irvin as like, I think you and I were texting and I was like, you know what, Cole Irvin, he brought this Homer hose uh, stuff. He's got that going. It's nice to see some veteran leadership there coming and talked about, was texting with you about clubhouse presence. And then the next day they cut him. So I was yeah. like, oh, uh, and, and even when we were talking about clubhouse presence, we both agreed, like, we just wish he would pitch better. Yeah. I mean, they didn't cut him. They just sent him to Norfolk to work on stuff. Right. And yeah. To me, it was a little surprising, but it made me really happy. I'm not happy that Cole Irvin was demoted. I wish he pitched better, no. and I won him on the majors. The hook, the hook, though. Yeah, what I'm happy is, Josh. How much? How many conversations did we have last year about how? Listen, Chirinos, Odor, they're not good baseball players, but right. they're good clubhouse guys. So we're going to keep them on the roster, even though they're making our team worse because. They're good rah-rah guys. Well, listen, I, I'm all about good clubhouse guys. I think that's important. Yeah. But I 
what's more important is guys who perform well. And this, to me, is Orioles saying, listen, we don't have two months for you to figure this out. We're trying to win now. We have better options now. So sorry, Cole Irvin, you have options. You're gone because we don't, we can't, we don't have the time. We're trying to win now to have you figure it out here in the majors. So I really like it. I thought it was a kind of a, a, a shots fired saying perform well or you're not going to be here because as we just said, we have more talented players on the way. And if you can't perform well now, we have no time for you to figure it out. Right. Go figure it out somewhere else because we're trying to win. I found it interesting because he had two starts, right? Uh, was it two or three? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. No, you're right. It was three. Three starts. He got two losses. So three starts. He pitched 12.2 innings. So that's not going to do it. Four innings starts. We talked earlier about how we need quality starts. Four innings starts isn't going to do it. Um, but it was interesting when I was going through his stats because he pitched, like I said, 12.2 innings, but he had 13 strikeouts. And that's normally a good sign if your strikeouts are above your innings pitch. If you're getting one an inning, that's a good sign. But his uh, his hits and runs were just killing him. 17 hits over 12 innings and 15 runs over 12 innings. Yeah, well, and 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 listen, the, the, the strikeouts are good, but the other thing was he's supposed to be is my understanding was, and I don't know, I didn't watch obviously many Oakland Athletics games last year, but I thought his big calling card was location, um, yes. being able to kind of pitch in the strike zone. And yep. so I don't know if you have his numbers up there, Josh, but but the walk oh, numbers too. Eight eight walks in twelve. Yeah, innings. so that was eight walks in twelve innings. That, that's not getting it done. Oh, he also hit a guy, so let's count that as nine walks. Yeah. So nine free passes in 12 innings is not going to get it done for a guy who is supposed to be this control guy. And mm-hmm. that's largely the reason his ERA was well above 10 or 13. So, and some people, I, I saw some people trying to say, well, last year he pitched in the Oakland Coliseum, which is a pitcher's ballpark. And now he's going to Camden Yards, which by the way, is now actually more of a pitcher's ballpark. It but is. We'll talk about that. Yep. But, but also like pitcher's ballpark, what does that have to do with walking, you know, nine guys per nine innings? Like, what, 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 what does that do with all the walks? What does it with not be able to to locate your your pitches? What does yeah. it do with getting behind you, everybody? That's nothing to do with the, the stadium. Get out of here with that nonsense. He's just not year, pitching well. I remember this year, twelve innings and uh, eight walks. Last year, one hundred and eighty-one innings. How many walks do you think he had? Um, thirty, forty, thirty-six. Yeah, huge difference in this year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because he was a low location guy. The right. the walks per nine were off the charts this year, and that's why he got sent down. Yep, yep. he's got to no, figure that. Yeah, no need. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, but I mean, hopefully, they hopefully he figures it out. But then it comes into the question: All right, so if he figures it out, how do you work his way back up here? I guess wow. the plan is, every, you assume not everyone's always going to be healthy. And someone's going to, if you keep that short leash, then every time someone's struggling, you're yanking them and putting up someone else. Yeah, I think a lot of this stuff works itself out. Um, At at some point, maybe you have a conversation, is Cole Irvin better in the bullpen? Could he be like a new Keegan Aiken? Or Or, Tyler Wells. Or Tyler Wells. Because right now you can make an argument that Austin Voth isn't getting that job done. Right. And that Keegan Aiken could be a spot where you upgrade. 
So those are two spots I think you could upgrade. But I think a lot of this stuff will work itself out through injury or poor performance or other stuff. So I don't like to make predictions about Cole Irvin, where it will be in two weeks or three weeks, because anything can happen um, in those two or three weeks. Right. Um, you want to talk about Grayson? Sure. Well, well, yeah, I'm curious to hear your impressions of Grayson. The numbers have not been great. I, I but, thought the Chicago start was kind of amazing where he gave up four runs and then was dominant for the rest of the game. So right. very much a mixed, I feel like a mixed start for Grayson. But Josh, what have you seen and what are your kind of initial impressions of Grayson Rodriguez in the rotation? He's interesting. He's had three starts so far, but he's only got 14 innings. So again, he's not going deep, but we didn't expect him to go deep. That's why we were kind of saying they'd be piggybacking him. At least was our preseason prediction. Um, the strikeouts have been impressive, and when he's got the when he's got what is that? Is it a changeup that's working? Gosh, the changeup is yeah. freaking unhittable. Right when it's thrown down in the strike zone, no. that pitch is amazing. I mean, you There's, talk about his fastball, his ninety-seven mile per hour fastball. I mean that changeup is yeah. was against the White Sox. That was one of the best but pitches it's also, I've seen. It's ridiculous. But it's also because that changeup is set up with that ninety-seven mile per hour fastball. Sure. But I then that's this. There's two pitches on this team that you can watch the replays of in slow motion and have fun. It's Grayson's changeup and Batista's splitter. They're both unhittable. Yeah. Um and I think that's exciting for him. We knew There'd be growing pains. We were all shocked that he got pulled up so fast um, because it's not like he performed well enough in Norfolk that he had to come up. But, Judge, I thought Mike Elias didn't, was trying to manipulate service time so he wasn't going to bring him up till May. No, he, there was no service time manipulation. Oh, he there wasn't. Even, huh. He didn't even pitch well enough. He pitched four innings in Norfolk. Yeah. And in that game, he gave up three runs. Right. And he uh, walked four guys. And he only struck out two guys. There was nothing in Norfolk to say, bring Grayson up to Baltimore. Yeah. So I, I've been perfect. I've been the Chicago get past that first inning. It's been impressive. He, once he settles into a game, he's been impressive. I see the talk online of, oh, send him down. Oh, it's another bust. Oh, the Orioles draft pitchers like they like the Ravens draft receivers you must have been looking at my text messages I mean I'm not I've been happy with Grayson we know it's there's some growing to happen with Grayson he's not going to grow in Norfolk it was nice to see him get a chance to grow with some weaker com- competition up in Baltimore I uh, still didn't have a win yet so hopefully we can get that soon he plays he faces the Tigers this weekend hopefully he can knock that win out but I'm hoping that this experience helps him so that he is skipping past that first inning and going straight to that changeup flowing well in the first inning as we hit these good teams in the middle of next month. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple with Grayson. And I, I think actually like my impression is, and I think other Oriole fans feel this, where like it makes Grayson makes them feel like pitching coaches, like really smart. Because Grayson struggles. It's very obvious when he's struggling, when he's either getting behind the count or throwing the ball right down the middle and throwing his off-speed spot stuff, even his fastball right down the middle, or walking guys. That's where Grayson struggles. 
Yeah. If Grayson locates his pitches and doesn't get behind, he dominates. And so it's so clear watching him that his stuff is so is so good and good enough to dominate every game. The only time he ever gets in trouble is when he walks players because he likes to walk the first batter of every inning, just go and put him on first base and get it over with. And then when he just, you know, hangs the slider or throws the fastball yeah. right down the middle. That's that's the only time he struggles. And it's so obvious to me as a viewer. It makes me feel smart because I can watch Grayson. And I can think like with Kyle Gibson, Kyle Gibson gives up five runs. He gives up one run. I can't tell you what the difference was in his pitching. I, anyone can sit and watch Grayson and say, oh, the only reason he's giving up any hits is because he's getting behind and he's throwing the ball right down the middle or he's missing his location. He's not throwing it to where he's supposed to throw it. And anyone can look at that because his stuff is good enough that if he throws it where he wants to throw it, no one's hitting the ball. Um, and so the only time he struggles is when he doesn't lo- lo- locate his stuff. So the, I mean, the walks per nine, I think it's over four. Like that's a lot of walks per nine innings. So he needs to work on that. Um, and he needs to work on, you know, location in general. Cause it's not just walking guys. It's at times throwing the ball right down the middle. Um, well, his, uh, and, um, no, he pitched 14 innings. He's got seven walks. Yeah, that's high. Yeah, it's one every other and then. Right. Thanks, Josh, yeah. for that math. Or 4.4 per nine. Um, got it. And so that's something to to work on. But uh, overall, I'm glad he's here. Yeah. And um, the stuff is great. good. He'll, the changeup, I was blown away by the changeup. And, and I thought that um, that game where you're facing the runner up to the Cy Young last year, one of the best pitchers in baseball, Dylan Cease. Yeah. yeah. You get down 4 nothing in the first inning. That's the loss. You you lost the game. It's over. Go home. It's over. Go home. The game's done. And we came back and we and we put the loss on Dylan Cease. We, we went up five four against this 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 Cy Young guy. We and we can get to, to our our pitches for plate appearance that everybody's talking about. But our offensive approach is amazing this year. Long gone are the days of Jonathan Scope and Adam Jones going up there swinging at three pitches. The, the, those days are done, um, right. uh, and 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 so I thought that was just an amazing win. Um, both Grayson Rodriguez, the maturity to after the first inning to kind of come back out and shut the team down, and then the offense to come back against one of the best pitchers in baseball, just a great win against the the White Sox there. So so yeah, I'm happy. I, it's like I'm I'm pumped to watch Grayson every every start, even if there will be some struggles. Yeah. And I think again, as long as we, see, I want to see growth. I want to see. We saw that with with getting past that first inning. I want to see him start this uh, Sunday, I believe. I want to see him come out Sunday and pitch well in the first inning, come out hot. Yeah, I I, I would love to see it too. Josh, um, I mentioned in passing the the pitches for plate appearance. Uh, I feel like they mention it on the mass and broadcast every ten minutes, but. The Orioles are first in all of baseball in pitches for plate appearance. We were one of the last teams in pitches for, for plate appearance. And I think a related story to that is the Orioles are, are the best team in baseball with OBP about getting on base. Yeah, definitely. Um, you, look at, def- you look at Adley Rutschman getting on base 44% of the time or 45% of the time. I mentioned Jorge Mateo at 41%. P- people hate on Gunnar Henderson because he's had struggled offensively. He's third on the team with o- OBP. Even though Gunnar Henderson is struggling offensively, his his OBP is 373, which is good enough for third on the team. I mean, that's the type of prospects and that's the type of players we're having on this team. 
I don't think it's a coincidence, Josh, that two of our top three guys are guys that have kind of grown up in our system recently and been part of this new kind of Mike Elias player development program. I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, they're training high OBP guys. So even when Gunnar Henderson struggles offensively, he still contributes offensively because he just gets on base a ton. Remember two, three years ago, the story we were talking about was how they've equipped all the minor league league parks and all the minor league teams for the Orioles, all the Orioles minor league teams with all these sensors and bat sensors and pigeon sensors and all this and the chest sensors and everything to try to Mm -hmm. explain and take analytics and turn it into like use that analytics in the physical world. And I think that's what we're seeing with teaching guys more patience at the plate, teaching guys um, how to how to learn early and just decide if that's a ball worth swinging at or not. The the concept of mentally thinking about a hundred mile per hour ball and where it's going to go and whether or not I should swing at it is crazy to me. To even I feel like if Grace Nunnery just pitched a fastball to me. By the time I swung, the ball would be into the batter's glove. And that's without even trying to guess where the pitch is going. So I think all that analytics is coming along. I don't know if it's a mental thing and, and knowing your pitcher ahead of time and having these cheat cards. It's teaching patience or what it is. But I think all I think you're right. I think it's all that prep in the minors and bringing analytics into the real world that led to this. Yeah, and related to that, you know who's also has a really good bat night this year, um, and that's uh, the guy who leads the team as in terms of lowest chase percentage, as he only chases nineteen uh, percent of the pitches out of the strike zone, um, and that's Cedric Mullins. So Cedric Mullins, I feel like this year has had a really good bat night to go along with. I mean, that's a better bat night, a better chase rate than even Adley Rutschman, um, who of course is one of the best guys in baseball with that. So. Uh, I mean, that's another testament to, I mean, if you, if you look at kind of the top guys with OBP on this team, yep. you have Adley first, then you have Mateo Henderson Mullins. So your three fastest guys, Mateo Henderson Mullins, are all getting on base that's at a what, 3 6 year higher clip. That's just that's so what, much speed on the bases at all times. Right, and that's part of, we're talking about, we were talking earlier about like, I guess we haven't been talking, but just in general about Stolen bases and base stolen base numbers being up, and they're way up for the Orioles. And people are like, "Is it because of the larger bases? Is it because of the pitch clock?" A lot of it is that we're on base more often now. Yeah, yeah. Like the only thing keeping Mateo from stealing fifty bases in any year, I don't care if the bases are side of the size of a P. The only thing that keeping Harry Mateo from stealing fifty bases in any given year is him getting on base enough to steal 50 bases. Um, if I knew he was going to get on base at a 370 clip, I would have marked him down in my bold predictions as stealing 50 bases. The right. only reason I didn't is because, you know, usually he gets on the base is more of a 330 clip. Yeah. Um, and so if he's getting on base, you know, 50 more times this year, that's going to lead to a bunch more stolen bases. Right. No, I agree. Um, I guess if we want to talk, uh, kind of about that lineup. I think a guy like I feel like there were some placeholders put on this in this roster that we didn't really know how they fit in this organization. And I think Adam Frazier 
has really shown to be a good guy in this lineup. He's been hitting the ball a lot better than I expected as just a veteran guy that I had no expectations and didn't understand why he was on this team. Yeah, it's funny. He got off to the really hot start in the first kind of couple series of the season. And then I saw someone two days ago tweet out, where are all those Adam Frazier lo- lovers who said Michael Elias is a genius for bringing Adam Frazier because he got off the hot start? Right. Because Adam Frazier, Adam Frazier struggled for a couple of series. Right. And then, then the day after up. that, he hit that big home run against Mackenzie Gore, the three-run homer um, against Mackenzie Gore. Um, and it was like the player of the game that, that day. Yeah. So, you know, depending on the series, you may love or hate Adam Frazier. But that's, every, that's everyone. Besides yeah. Adley Rushman. There's no one who's going to be consistent 100% of the time. Well, if we did this podcast, Josh, on Monday, I would bet the majority of our of our podcast would be griping about the pitching. Yes. And then since Monday, we just haven't given up a run. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. so all of a sudden, the narrative changes a little bit just in a couple of days. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Adam Frazier is going to have a long leash and then we'll kind of revisit him in July and see where he's at. And then the Orioles will be in a position where, okay, we, we can replace you. We can promote someone. We can trade for someone. Or you're getting the job done. So I think um, Adam Frazier is not going to be guaranteed he's going to be on the team all year. But I think um, I think so far he's proven to be, he's proven to be a um, a good piece in this in this yeah, Orioles good pickup. P- p- puzzle. Yeah, so far it's looking like a good pickup. Um, all right, let's talk about it. Gunnar Henderson. What are you concerned about Gunnar Henderson? Do you think it's just a struggle? We've, we talked about how not everyone's going to be perfect, but Gunnar Henderson doesn't have a huge track record yet. Yeah, I, I go back to the fact that even struggling, and again, I'll, I'll say this again, as far as getting on base, right? That's what you want your guys to do, get on base. He's right. third on the team and on base percentage. Third. Even though he only has nine hits. He's walked 15 times this year, um, which is second behind only Adley Rutschman. So he yep. gets on base a lot. And so for me, like if this was Jonathan Scope or something, someone gets a guy who never walked, well, the 176 batting average would be a lot hard to swallow if he never gets on base with walking. Yeah. Um, but I can I can handle this. Like we can weather Gunnar Henderson's offensive struggles um be because he gets on base in other ways. Now would you like him to hit more? Would you like him to hit more doubles? He only has two. Would you like him to hit for more power? He only has one home run. Would you like him to drive in more runs? He only has three RBIs so far this year. Would you like him to do those things? Obviously, you would. Would you like him to play better, better defensively? He has not been great at third base. His throws have been a, a, a little bit wild at times. Um, so can he play better? Yes. But even a bad Gunnar Henderson, I think, is still a good baseball player. So I hope he plays better. But I'm not, I'm not stressed, and I think he will play better. And even if he's not playing well, I think he's still playing well. If that makes sense, yeah, he I'm still contributes with... even yeah. when he doesn't play well. Correct. Uh, any other takeaways from this lineup? Uh, from the lineup, no. Like, I mean, I think it's interesting that we've had so much success, and I think if you look at a couple of our best offensive players in Gunnar Henderson, and you could also throw in there. Anthony Santander, these guys haven't really heated up yet. And so, I I mean, I, and I don't think, I think some guys cool off, some guys heat, heat up. 
But I'm curious to see like Santander is going to get it going. He's going to get it going at some point. Um, he only has one home run this year. He's gonna he's gonna go on a streak where he hits some bombs. So um, he has too much power not not to do it. The other thing I said, and people say this, I think it's true, but it was true last year. I don't know how how often can this be true before, like you just have to accept it as a reality. But Ryan Mountcastle, all all Ryan Mountcastle does is go up there and like hit the ball hard. Yeah. And the problem with Ryan Mountcastle is though he always hits it really hard to someone standing right there. <laughs> <laughs> like right, they, I, and I don't know exactly what to do about that. It's but the Chris batting Davis average is effect. there, and he's and Ryan Mancastle is not like a guy like Gunnar Henderson. Like Mancastle doesn't walk, but Josh average exit velocity ninety four percentile, um, hard hit ball ninety one percentile, x slugging ninety five percentile. Like all his numbers, all his barrel rate ninety fourth percentile. Right. Um, weird. This is weird. Sprint speed, 82 percentile. StatCast has Ryan Mackowski as one of the fastest players in baseball. I don't understand what that's all about. But all the other numbers. It's just two first base. Just like one sprint to first base, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But still, no, but uh, yeah. And maybe there's a small sample size here because he only has, I, I don't know if it measures that for hits or if it just measures that on, on hits. Um, and he only has like 10 hits this year or something because he hits so many home runs. But um but he hits the ball hard. He's one of the best players in baseball by hitting it hard. He just doesn't get on base a lot. It's just weird. So I hope that works itself out. Yeah, I hope so. Because he's still – and he's he's fun to watch. Yeah, he seems to always – I mean, any shot of him, he always kind of has like a smile on his face. He seems to have a good, a good attitude. Um, you know. So, yeah. Speaking about speed, I just had to pull it up. But he has two stolen bases this year. Yeah, so maybe we're just in general sleeping on. I mean, speed. according to Statcast, Josh, he is our second fastest player behind behind only Jorge Mateo. Like Statcast has him as faster that's, this year than than Mullins and maybe you're right. Anderson. Maybe there's a small sample size. I mean, he does. He's got. We talk about how he's got his six home runs, but all right. So he's got 16 hits. So six of them were home runs. Yeah, four of them were doubles. So I mean that's that's pretty good. So then ten or uh, yeah, what's that math? Six of them are singles. Six of them are just singles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's pretty good power, and I guess that leads towards that speed. If he's getting to second base four times a quarter of the time, but yeah. yeah, I never think of him as as a fast guy. He got four stolen bases in twenty one and twenty two, and he's already got two this year. So I'm guessing he's gonna outpace the previous years. Yeah, I, I guess so. And they have, I mean, you can look also, I mean, we've talked about small sample size. You can look at like the year to year rate. Um, and, you know, last year is ranked 275th in baseball. So, and this year he's ranked 57th. So he's jumped up over 200 spots. So I don't know if he was doing some kind of workout routine in the offseason, but we'll pay attention. I'll, I'll, I'll come back and revisit that sprint speed because that just might be. A quirky thing, um, yeah. or maybe he he's did something in the off season to make himself a little bit faster. We'll, we'll revisit that one. But yeah, know. he's hitting the ball hard. Yeah, he's got three walks as well. I don't remember him as a walk guy, but he's got a few. Yeah, I mean, I said it before. I feel like it's true for Ryan Mountcastle less so because Ryan Mountcastle still swings at some bad balls. But 
in general, like, you remember how many times we would complain about Adam Jones swinging at a ball in the dirt? Yeah. Or how many times we'd be mad at Chris Davis for not just swinging at all at anything? Right. Um, and I feel like this team has such good understanding of when to lay off and when to swing. And Adley certainly sets that tone. But I feel like this, this entire team, <laughs> you just don't see very many bad plate appearances. Like, very rarely do you see like a three or four pitch at bat. Like almost every at bat is like a competitive, taking good pitches, fouling some balls off. Like they're all good at bats. And that's something that I think that's unique and that we really haven't seen here in Birdland. And it's it's yeah. fun and refreshing to see so many good players taking at bat, good at bats. Right, right. Uh, real quick, bullpen. Do you trust anyone in this bullpen outside of Felix Batista? Gosh, the bullpen is absolutely bonkers this year. If you would have told me that Gibbons is, would be injured the first 18 games, Dylan Tate would have been injured the, the first 18 games, Austin Voth would have been terrible, Sino Perez would have been terrible, I said, Josh, we're screwed. We're screwed. Like We're not winning any games like that. If you would have told me that the best bullpen arms – will be this guy, Cologne, and Cano, and Bauman. I would have been, I would have said, who who, who, are, who are these guys? Right, I mean, I knew right. Bauman, but going in, I, I couldn't say anything about Cano. I didn't know who Cologne was until we picked him up. Josh, they have led our bullpen um, along with Felix Bautista, but it's almost like the unlikeliest of heroes and where would we be without Yanir Cano and the kind of the big outs that yeah. he's gotten recently? And Cologne, who's been unhittable, where would we be without these guys? To me, that's kind of an amazing, remarkable story. Not that our bullpen's pitched well, because last year our bullpen was a strength, but who's pitching well to me is right. pretty amazing. This, yeah, because if the guys from last year stepped up also, we'd be in really good shape. Yeah, but they've been hurt or ineffective. Right. Uh, the right. and and so as far as I I, I don't um and and Brian Baker, him and his moonwalk, he's been really <laughs> good too. Um and and I, he's been kind of fun to fun fun to watch and I, I his attitude is I kind of like his attitude and stuff. So, so, so that's yeah. been that's been good. Yeah, I like Baker. Yeah, so. Josh, if you look at something like okay, I know I'm doing a lot of statcast. I'm just kind of fascinated by some of the statcast numbers, but like. They have a thing for pitchers called hard hit percentage. Okay. And so, for example, our best starting pitching pitcher has been Kyle Gibson, who has a hard hit percentage of 36.5%. So 36% of the hits he gives up are hard hit balls. That sounds right? high. Is that not high? Um, it's our best starting pitcher. Okay. To, to compare it, I don't know. Felix Batista has a 41% of the balls that get hit are hard off him. Right. Now, I think... But he Hard had probably less hit off of him. Yeah, he strikes out so many guys yes. that yeah, when they less balls to to draw. Um, Brian Baker is our second best guy in the bullpen okay. at twenty three point eight. All right. Okay. But Josh, the number of Danny Colom, his right. hard hit percentage seven. And then remember, <laughs> single digits seven. This is a guy that we picked up like. The week before the season started, Danny Colomb? Yeah. Yeah, after spring training ended. Yeah, yeah. Josh, so he, he's, he's faced 24, 26 batters 
three hits, zero walks, well, he, 10 strikeouts. Didn't he go like his first three starts or four starts without giving up a hit? Yeah, and, and Cano, the other guy, Cano, zero hits so far. He hasn't given up a hit yet. Right. No, and these are guys yeah, that we didn't know their names before the season started. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, so Cano and Colom are now, I, I, I have such high confidence in both those players. Yet, yet Yenir Cano, um, whose biggest issue was walks in the past, he's kind of like, you could maybe draw the comparison to a Felix Batista, okay. great arm, walked a couple guys or walked a bunch of guys, maybe he's figured it out. So far, zero walks with the Orioles so far um, at, at, with facing, against, facing 12 guys. He's a guy that came in the Jorge Lopez trade. So if we get Jorge Lopez, and by the way, we also got Cade Povich in that trade, who's off to a good start. That's all of a sudden look like a pretty, pretty good trade. Yep. I'm not ready to say y- y- Yanier Cano is our lockdown eighth inning guy. No, 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 no. But he looks pretty good. He's got potential. And he's got a bit of a attitude to him, too. He'll stare you down. <laughs> he's a, he's <laughs> a much, even it doesn't matter if you strike you out or if you drowned out. He's staring you down. Yeah. Baker is moonwalking. He's staring you down. Felix Batista is just scaring everybody. We got a pretty fun bullpen back there. Right, right. All right. I know we're coming on an hour. Yeah. But I haven't asked you yet your opinion about the Homer Hose. You mean the Dong Bong? The Dong Bong. Bong, yeah, Dong Bong, Homer Hose, Hydration Station. Yeah. Do you like this celebration? Well, um, I'll put it this way. My son is no longer allowed to watch Oriole games in fear that he might one day see the Homer hose and then want to go to, to college fraternity parties but and I, participate in some inappropriate activities. So my son is no longer allowed to watch baseball games thanks to the Oriole celebration. So that is those are my thoughts. Up. I was sending him one. <laughs> no, he, he thought, I mean, we were, you guys were at the game. It yeah. was like a Monday or something. Yeah, well, I was at the first game unveiled the Homer hose. Yes. Because I remember yeah. thinking you guys were there. Yep. And I was watching with Silas when we first saw the Homer hose. And Silas thought it was and, and Silas thought it was pretty funny. He was like, Oh, like, so I guess they're not doing the home run chain anymore. They're 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 doing this. No, and I think yeah, I don't think there's any kids seeing that and thinking that makes me want to drink a beer. No, my son has not made that connection. No. no. <laughs> my five year old so, has not made that connection. Right. So thanks to uh, Birdland Sports, I started making the Homer hoses. So my kids have all tried it out with water. They mm. have no desire. They have no knowledge that beer goes into the thing. Yes, but but once they get to college, they'll be experts um, and it'll be a, a advanced in that area. So that's smart too. Yeah, sure. If this thing goes on for ten years, <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I think a lot of people forget the fact that these baseball players are 22 24 25 years old like it's the it's a total frat boy celebration but what do you think these kids are so you so do you buy the argument that it's supposed to be like just playing outside and this is a garden hose where you're filling up with the garden hose do do you buy that argument i do because i talked with cole Irvin about it because there was never supposed to be a funnel it was supposed to just be a hose because they first came out with the sprinkler celebration and they came out with the uh, shooting water out of their mouths first. And then the problem they ran into is they couldn't get the water down the hose. So mm. that's why they had to add the funnel. Mm. So uh, before Cole Irvins went down, 
he was he and I had some conversations about this. And uh, so I believe him because of that and because he was really big on pushing the water celebration and how to expand it past the sprinkler and how to get the fans involved. So without uh, going the dong bong route, well, the Orioles quickly picked up that the fan base ran the dong bong route. And I am very uh, thankful, and I think it's a smart move for Orioles and Major League Baseball to not try to shut it down and let it play out. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things where like fans can be with an inside joke and call it the dong bong, and, and they can have fun with it, and that's like, fine. And yeah, the Orioles like, can call it the homer hose. And, and, you know, it's like when we, yeah, it's like when we go, uh, for the games out West and on Twitter, you'll see, oh, I'm excited for, uh, dongs after dark. You're never going to see Melanie Newman start off the broadcast with here. We are in Oakland for another night of dongs after dark. Yeah. Nor would we, nor, yeah. Nor would we tell fans, you know, you really shouldn't say dongs after dark because that could have inappropriate implications. Exactly. Just silly. Yeah. So, so you want, so you want me to mail one to, uh, to Silas? Got one here for him. <laughs> we we've already when we watch the game, Josh. We already we 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 already do we do the sprinkler together every time they hit an extra base hit. Do you? Yeah, we do. All right. Um, one well, of these well, is heading to you. All right. One of the things I like about the celebration is the home run chain was just the home run chain, and then right. they had the Call of Duty eyes, but there was no connection between yeah. the home run chain like and the, the Call of Duty. This is an escalation. You're turning on the spout. You're hitting the sprinkler. And then you're hitting the garden hose. I, I right. like the progression of ideas. I'm a fan of the whole celebration. All right. I'm going to throw out one of Cole's ideas because it, I haven't talked to him since he went down to uh, to the minors. He hasn't returned yeah. my Josh messages. only talks to major leaguers. When you right. get sent down, no, no, no. he I blocks your number. He, didn't he only talks to major leaguers. So I, I call was him hold, back when you make the major I was leaguer. holding this out because we have, over at Berlin Sports, we have all the shirts to go along with. However you want to do the Homer hose. Uh, we sell Homer hoses, Homer hose shirts, hydration station shirts, the sprinkler shirt. We've got them all. And they're yeah. all. While they're everyone all... was celebrating the Homer hose, Josh, Josh was in the back thinking, oh, okay, I got to make some t shirts. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. yes. Um, but he would like to take the uh, bleachers. And you know how we used to have like 2110 Utah Street, where you get a t shirt and you go celebrate Marcakis and Adam Jones out there. He wants to turn the bleachers or the left field section into the bird bath and when a home run lands there all the fans start throwing water in the air to be part of this water celebration oh that's cool yeah i, like I, the thought, left I field thought it was wall. a good idea yeah yeah so um so yeah anyway if you want to get your own homer hose go on over to birdlandsports.com they're uh 15 and i hand make them myself and then i box them up and check this out matt i i went through multiple prototypes uh here's one this is the final one. If you go up here, here here's my collection of funnels, all the yeah. different funnels I've gone through to try to find the proper size. And here's why. This is my question for you. This is the Homer hose I, I landed on. And it's a it's a about 16 to 18 inch hose. And the top collapses because I think you could fit this in your pocket to take on into Camden Yards. Mm, yeah, I was going to ask, is that a legal thing to carry there's, in the yards? There's nothing official about it yet. I don't think they want you taking out and doing beer bongs in the stadium. But will they stop you if you pull this out of your pocket and pour a bottle of water in it? Yeah. 
I don't know. I can't wait. They came out and this, said no gas cans, but they said nothing about they the said home no houses. gas cans. Yeah. And I can understand no gas cans, but I purposely made mine small enough that it's pocketable. Yeah. So I'm hoping, man, I think we might learn in this series, this home series coming up. I think you might see some fans. I just think it'd be really exciting to see when the Orioles hit the home run that kind of like the home run chain took over the stadium that everyone pulls out their homer hose. So, yeah, no. And, I, and, and then maybe also if you, um, uh, if you hit a, if you hit a grand slam, do do you do like a, um, you know, not, not a keg stand, but some like a cooler stand. Oh well, yeah. If, if you hit a grand slam, no, but remember, remember there. it's a hose. It's like playing the ground, playing. Oh, in the yeah. Hose. oh yeah. It's just a hose. That's right. So just you got to think of more like, I don't know, maybe a slip and slide or something. You got to think kid. Yeah. Little kid. Just little so. kids out in the backyard playing baseball and getting up into, right. you know, getting thirsty and trying to exactly. cool off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe some type of splash pad, splash zone. But uh, yeah, it's all it's all kids. It's not it's not alcohol. It's kids not, having no fun alcohol. with the hose. Watering kids having fun. Absolutely. Right. Um, also, did you see the Orioles got a big homestand coming up? Did you see they sent a nice announcement email this weekend to get you to go buy tickets and everything? No. Came out today. Get okay. you in the yard. Yeah, it's um actually never mind. It's not about this weekend. John Angelos must have sent this email. It's the Birdland Summer Music is Back for three games this season email. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I saw that on Twitter because Shaq. I saw, oh, well, Shaq. Yeah, yeah. Shaq is coming That's, in DJI in the night. I didn't see that one coming. And by, you mean Diesel. Oh, is that, is that his, That's uh, his DJ, DJ name? name? Diesel. Yeah. And then Andy Grammer and Brett Young. I don't know who I, Brett Young is. I don't know either of those guys. Um, but either way, it's just, I can't see anything with Orioles related to music without shaking my, shaking my head at Johnny Angelos right now. Yeah, trying to capitalize on, you know, the Orioles winning their last three series by promoting some concerts. Let's go. Right. Um, I think they did do a special for this weekend, thanks to Ryan Mountcastle's nine RBI game. But that was old news. Okay. All right. Well, Josh, this this about covers it. I think we have another couple episodes of positivity before we get into May. So let's enjoy the ride and keep on winning series. Yeah, and what do we have? Uh, three games against the Tigers before our. I know we're recording this late. We're doing this a Thursday episode, which means I hope we're in pretty good shape when we record again back on schedule next week. Yeah, I mean, just between now and then, just a series against Detroit. So, um, yeah, I think that I think that should go well, and then Boston, and then Detroit again. So I, we're gonna hopefully end this month out strong. Yeah, I don't like this week of two off days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I normally would agree with you, but it's the end of semester here at Mercer. Okay. And my schedule has been crazy busy, so I actually don't mind it so much because I got work to do. So, um, but yeah, nor, nor, normally I would agree with you. And I think after this, we got a long stretch of. Well, yeah. this is I think the only time that this year where you have two off days in one week, right? That seems weird. Um, we have it in June. Oh, you do have it have in it June. Where okay. we have two games at Tampa for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, of course, the All-Star break. But Yeah. So, but, yeah, we have a long stretch after this. Um, we have uh, – well, no, I mean, yeah, we have Detroit, Boston, Detroit in the next 10 games. Then we get an off day. Yeah. Then and we then have things a, get hard. 
Yeah, and then and then it's Kansas City, Atlanta, Tampa. It's it's yeah, well, get... Kansas City has been terrible this year, but right, after but Kansas City, Atlanta. we'll be at that series, Atlanta. Yep. And then Tampa Bay, and then Pittsburgh, who's been one of the best teams in baseball this year. They actually been really good. And then the, the Angels, Angels, who I think are good. The Angels then Toronto, be then their numbers say yeah. Yep. Then Toronto, Yankees, Texas has been good. Cleveland's been good. It's just it's a gauntlet. Yeah. Enjoy April. And then we'll see what we're really made of in May. And fight for 500 in May. Absolutely. Yep. Let's, let's rack some wins in, in April and shoot for 500 in May. And then I think we'll be sitting okay. All right. All right, cool. Anything else to do? Yeah, go out and get it yourself. A, a Homer Hose t-shirt and Homer yeah. Hose contraption. Yeah. If you, got, if you ordered a Homer Hose for yourself, I hand make them. So some got mailed out each day this week and more are going out tomorrow. So you'll be getting yours soon. Do you get a t-shirt and contraption kind of package deal? You get a t-shirt and the contraption? I don't, but I do have a two-pack deal. Uh, I got some. Here's the deal. There's 2023 World Series Championship shirts. They're $10. Go get those. If you use the code 336, I believe you even get a discount off that. I mm. also have a two-pack of shirts where you get the Birds and Gunnar Henderson for 20 bucks. So you should all grab right. that. And then, yeah, the Homer Hose is up and all the Homer Hose celebration stuff's up. No package deals yet uh, with the, with the hose, but they might be coming. No, charge full price for those. Make them pay, Josh. Well, here's the problem: um, I, I make them myself, so that's why yeah, they're fifteen. That's bucks. your that's your hours in there. I have yeah. to wrap I have to wrap the orange tape around the pipe. I got to cut the pipe to the right length. I have to super glue the funnel in. Plus, I had to buy all of the collapsible funnels I could find. Yeah. So. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. You can follow Josh's uh, Homer Hose updates at Birdland Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336 and the show on Twitter at Section336Show. And you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Stroka. Hey, do you think uh, it's appropriate for me to bring the Homer Hose to the Little, little League games this weekend? Every time a player gets a hit, do you, uh, do you <laughs> have some, some celebrations there? Yeah, that's the problem. We don't get homers. Yeah. Maybe you can share it with the other team when they get their homers. <laughs> Ooh, burn. <laughs> yeah. N- next week, we'll do a couple uh, little, little, little League updates because I'm curious to see how you're Oh, we've gone. got to because starting Saturday, I have a game Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Saturday. I got a four-game stretch next week oh, yeah. catching up on rain delays. So right, definitely yeah. have some stories there. All right. Sounds good. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. And as always, go O's.